Welcome to Game or Pass. I am your host, Larry, from the Bits of Time podcast. The premise for these little episodes is simple. I will select a game I have never played before on the Game Pass library. The catch? My brother Mike gives me a prerequisite that my selection must meet. This episode, he has required that the game must start with a vowel. So with that, I ended up scrolling all the way to the bottom of the library and came upon a little title called Unsighted. So if you are like me and had absolutely no idea that this game even existed, I would kindly ask you to stick around with me as I let you know whether Unsighted is something I am game to play or yet another game I am going to pass on to forever be ignored in the Xbox Game Pass library. I want to start by letting you know I have put a little over two and a half hours into this game. I'm not here to provide an in-depth analysis on the game's story or its characters. I'm here to tell you whether or not I feel this game is worth it from my short-sighted perspective. Our story starts off with Alma, an automaton with amnesia, in a world devoid of humans who ultimately destroyed themselves in global war. Go figure. What's left? Well, androids. From my early playthrough, almost all humans you either read about or meet are evil, minus a select few. Perhaps it is me looking into it too much, but it seems particularly grotesque that the androids were created by the humans to be a type of slave race, and when combined with the fact that almost every android you meet in this game is female-like, well, it's a dark insight hidden within the game's story. Namely, humans suck. Speaking of those androids, The game slowly introduces characters from Alma's past, whom she remembers through little flashback sequences. These friends are a wide-ranging cast of characters, who all ultimately have one thing in common. Time. You see, Unsighted is a game where every character in it, including your own, has their own individual timer associated with them. Every time you go to speak to someone, you are greeted with a set of numbers under their name, constantly reminding you about this slightly off-putting reality. Every quest or jaunt into the game world has you wondering whom you might lose just merely because you were not fast enough. What dialogue sequence or item will you miss if they run out of time and become unsighted? This game's namesake, Unsighted, is a condition that falls upon androids once they run out of time. Your once jolly old shark fisherman you once used to have conversations with is now nothing more than a monstrous android devoid of the love and kindness it once had. Thankfully, or conveniently, there is a collectible in this game called Anima. I'm willing to bet money this substance is what the humans ultimately went to war over in this game. I mean, resources are what we fight over best, right? Each piece of Anima is the equivalent to 24 hours worth of time. You can use this on yourself, or on characters you meet within the game. Perhaps giving some to a specific weapons researcher will allow them more time to research useful upgrades for you. But at what cost? Who do you have to ignore in order for this person to live? You can already feel the sense of tension this must cause, can't you? I can tell you that from my stint through the game so far, at no point has time felt like much of a factor for me. I am both assuming and hoping that as the game progresses and everyone's time collectively shrinks, that sense of anxiety about who to keep alive longer will really kick in. I am not going to discuss the mainline characters in this game, as I feel it's worth learning about them and their plot twists early on for yourself. And honestly, I'm sure I still have many to discover myself. This is to say, however, 
I quite enjoyed some of the character designs that I have stumbled across early on, though my concern is my lack of care for a large majority of them overall. Perhaps it's the writing, or maybe it's the massive amount of running around from location to location required to speak with all these characters living in Arcadia in order to progress their individual storylines. However, before I move on to gameplay, I do want to just quickly talk about one character in particular though. Iris. Iris is what happens when a robot and a fairy have a child. She is always floating by your side, so there is no traveling all over the map to get to know her more. She gives you helpful tips, for instance. If an enemy ahead might be too strong for you, she will let you know. Or, if a particular part of the map requires something you do not have, she acts as a game developer, telling you to come back later on when you have the required item to progress further. Iris, like every character you meet in this game, has time as well, so you will have to decide whether to keep her around. In fact, you don't even have to recruit her at the beginning if you prefer. The game gives you these options, and that I can appreciate. But enough about the characters, I can already hear you asking about the gameplay. Well, to put it lightly, the gameplay is fucking phenomenal in this game. I get this odd sense of satisfaction as I plow through emotionless enemies again and again. There is a crispness to the hacking and slashing in this game that was a welcome surprise for me. Add to that, this game's biggest offensive feature is its counter system, or parry system if you like. Countering is what makes or breaks most tougher enemy and boss fights. Learning the timings and patterns of your enemy attacks enough to get off a counter will propel the enemy backwards, stunning them and opening them up to a critical attack doing immensely more damage than any regular attack you can pull off. But it's not just enemy melee attacks you can counter. You can also deflect enemy projectiles as well, using their own ammo to injure or even kill them. There are times I feel like a goddamn Jedi in the faster paced fights in this game. Though, now I do have to be honest, I have to bring down the mood a little bit, it's not all sunshine and rainbows here. Outside of solving puzzles, the guns and projectiles are a joke in this game and should honestly have been scrapped. There is yet to be a point I have felt that using my gun over my melee weapon was required, or even needed. It's just bad. I am hopeful this changes later on, but I severely doubt it. <sighs> then, there is the platforming. Now, those of you who know me a bit more from the other episodes of Bits of Time will know platforming is something I am very particular about. I'd say about 80% of the time, the movement and puzzles are just fine in this one. However, jumping from platform to platform requires confidence I never felt my character had. Many, many times I had to redo platform sections just because I would over or even under jump on the final traversal, falling all the way back down to have to redo it all again. And yeah, I get it. I know most of you are probably significantly better at platforming than myself. But again, I will add, Having these sections always feels like a forced and unneeded frustration in an otherwise smooth running game. This happened to me enough for it to physically cause me anguish here. I will just never be a fan of forced platforming in a game when a lot of the time it feels like it's added only to break up and lengthen time between story beats. Why do we keep doing this in the industry? It needs to stop. Alright, with that out of the way, the puzzle solving as a whole when not too heavy on the frustrating platforming moments, is well done. There is a good mix of puzzles requiring orbs, movable walls, movable platforms, and ranged gunplay that it kept the flow fresh for me. Though, 
Be careful, with one of the projectile weapons, the fact that it comes back to the character after being shot may end up in you hitting a switch twice and undoing what you thought was going to happen. Yeah, this has caused me to jump into nothing but thin air more than a few times, and I've only played for two and a half hours. As for upgrades, you have your weapons, one melee, and one ranged, though again, nobody gives a shit about the ranged weapon. You can augment yourself with chip upgrades using the currency bolts to bolster. <laughs> Get it? Bolts to bolster? It, I thought it was pretty clever. To bolster your health, stamina, attack power, and such. Stamina, in particular, is important because all movement and attacks deplete it. I found increasing it was highly beneficial in this game, which can't be said about a lot of other games out there, whom have it as a stat to cap how long you can run for some stupid-ass reason. You can also craft cogs. No, I'm not talking about the podcaster here. Think about them as temporary buffs. You can create these from different drops found around the world, whether it be from enemies or objects. Remember, all of this has the premise of time caked over the top of it. Every time you go out looting, time continues to pass along. Unsighted also found a pretty genius way to give death a penalty. You know how it usually works. You die, you respawn, you keep playing. Sometimes you're going to lose some maybe of your currency or items. This game does do the former. You lose some of your bolts. But the more important factor is, die, and all the time it takes to get back to where you were, is just more time off the clock. It's always there, ticking away. Though, speaking of time, I do want to give a complaint to the amount of time spent jumping in and out of the menu systems in this one. I feel a few more hotkeys could have done wonders in switching out cogs, weapons, and such, outside of the usual loadouts attached to the d-pad. Unsighted also has miscellaneous side activities in this game. And when time is of the utmost importance, this is both a confusing and slightly amusing choice to have included these. The two I have come across are treasure hunting, which I always love in my games. This plays out like many others. You have a journal that has a picture of a location where the treasure is buried. You have to find it in real time. No map markers, no quest notifications. Just you and your eyes. Love it. The other, well, it's fishing. That seems to be a requirement nowadays. There is nothing wrong with how fishing is handled here. It works just fine. It's just, I have never much been a fan of fishing, and that continues here. Though again, like I brought up in the beginning, the shark you meet that introduces you to fishing is quite the jolly old fellow. I will also add a quick note that for better or worse, time does not pass while fishing, so there is that. Moving along, before I wrap this up, I have to talk about the music and graphics here. Musically, it's hard to describe how beautiful the themes the music creates in this game are. I have yet to hear a track I didn't enjoy. I will say though, there is a weird juxtaposition between wanting to sit and listen to the music for a bit while also realizing I can't waste time because I could incidentally cause the death of an NPC while getting lost in the piano tunes of this game. Now, to talk graphics for a moment, this is where I'm going to quickly applaud the creators of this game. Tiani Pixel and Fernanda Diaz, who make up Studio Pixel Punk. Apologies if I slightly mispronounced your names. I'm terrible with names. This is a beautiful yet simple looking game. Pixel graphics with just the right amount of polish. I was not sure when I first loaded it up if I would adapt to the graphics here, but they have continued to grow on me. Even the change in character look in the menu screen as you swap weapons in real time was a subtle aesthetic choice I got behind immediately. The fighting animations and different enemy movesets and designs are on display as well. Mix this with the above sound design and you have quite a fun experience here. 
The varying cutscenes are a mood all of their own. I was impressed with what I was looking at visually here. Also, I give a nod to actually changing up the characters' looks from when they were younger. It was fun to see how all the characters had changed over the years. With such a small team, literally two people, I assume this was something that didn't need to be done, yet they did it anyways. And speaking of the fact that this was created by just two individuals, this game can also be played cooperatively. Though, I've never tested that feature. It seems intriguing enough, but this game seems like one to be played alone with Alma. And I do not plan on testing it out. Okay. With all of this being said, this one was much easier for me to decide than I anticipated. I will continue to game on with this one, as Uncited is a hidden gem buried all the way at the bottom of the Game Pass library. This one deserves more praise than what I have been seeing around the internet. For those of you who have made it this far, thank you for listening. It truly does mean a lot to me. For those of you who do end up playing, please share your adventure with me over on my Twitter account. My handle is at Matter of Larry. That's M-A-T-T-E-R. I truly do hope that more people give Unsighted a shot, and in doing so decide to adventure alongside Alma. I promise, it's worth your time.